0: Okay so episode three. Sam, can you lead us in?
1: Yes, Star Wars episode 3 Revenge of the Sith released 2005 um, for many years uh, was thought by myself to be probably the last Star Wars movie that would come out. Um, It is the last Star Wars movie to be released that had really any direct involvement by George Lucas. Certainly the last one to be written and directed by him, but even really the last one where he was directly involved in in the story or anything. But I'll go ahead and say this straight up. This is... I really liked this movie when it came out, and I actually still do. I think this is by far the best of the prequel trilogy. I I really, really like this movie. It is not perfect. I will definitely talk Mm. about some of the notable flaws this movie has, in my opinion. But it is a very good movie overall. Mm. Great visual effects, great action sequences. I've always had problems with the overall acting in the prequels in general. This one definitely has the best acting of the prequels. And I'll even put Mm. Hayden Christensen... He's not my favorite actor just in general. I'll, I'll just say that just straight up. He's not my favorite actor in general. He is much better in this movie than he is in Attack of the Clones. I actually I actually think he does a pretty mm-hmm. decent job. Like, I, I buy him as Anakin in this movie in a way that I had a hard time really buying mm-hmm. him in the first one. And he definitely, you know, only three years difference between the production of these movies, but even just in that time, like, he brings so much more maturity to Anakin in this movie than he did in the mm-hmm. previous one. And yeah, he did a really good job kind of portraying that. I love Ewan McGregor in this movie. I love obi Obi-Wan to me is one of the highlights mm-hmm. of this movie. I actually really like Natalie Portman mm-hmm. in this movie. I think she's honestly much better, in my mm-hmm. opinion, than she is in the in the previous two. And the, the, the stuff with, I, I know Troy's going to agree with me, the stuff with the Emperor is just so fun. I love everything with, with Chief Palpatine. <laughs> everything with Palpatine yeah. in this movie is so great the like all the 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 conversations between palpatine and anakin where palpatine's starting to kind of manipulate him towards the dark side it's just it's so great all those scenes are so great flaws with the movie i do it's not as bad as it was in attack of the clones but i do still think that there are issues with the chemistry of anakin and padme it's better in this movie than it was in the previous one. I I buy their relationship more in this movie than mm. I did in, in Attack of the Clones. There's less creep factor to me. <laughs> I think it helps that they're already in they're already in an established relationship, so it's not him pursuing her. Which I think that that was where a lot of the, the, the issues kind of came in, in the previous one. But mm. their their relationship felt a lot more kind of equal in this one. But they still they're still kind of overarching issues with some of the dialogue in this movie, in my opinion. Um, like, it's it's a mixed bag. There's some really good dialogue, and there's there's some weaker dialogue in this movie, in my opinion. There's one sequence in the movie that I'm always very conflicted on. Because there are things, like, even just about this scene, there are things I like about it, and there are things I don't like about it, and that's the scene where Mace Windu shows up to Palpatine's office with a couple of other Jedi to arrest him, and then they get in this big fight. First of all, those other Jedi Masters, like, they don't even get any blocks in. It's like Palpatine just stab, stab. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's so fast, what, the way it happens. And I, I understand it's to get them out of the fight, and also to show how powerful Palpatine is. I understand that idea. I just think there, there are ways they could have done it better, and I love Ian McDermott as an actor. I really think that they're trying to kind of shoot around the fact that he just couldn't do the fight choreography as well as the other actors. I hate saying this, but there's just a lot of close-ups of him going like... I know this is audio, but him just making a weird stabbing motion. (laughs) No, he's literally just making that noise and like thrusting his lightsaber
0: in close-up is basically all of his, his shots. Well, Sam, ja- Sam Jackson said he whacked him like twice with, with his lightsaber. <laughs> and Sam Jackson refused to slow down. So they really had to do something about the stunts. Because Sam Sam Jackson was like, no, I'm not going to slow down. If you don't pay attention, I'm going to hit you. And and he's, he's in recorded interviews saying that mm-hmm. to Ian McDermott. So I don't know where that falls. But I know he whacked Ian yeah. McDermott like twice in the head. With the lightsabers,
1: I think I think Ian McDiarmid is so good as Palpatine, and I think that he went into the fight scene with a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of gusto, <laughs> and that that's probably what happened. I, d- I mm-hmm. don't think that you know I mean and listen it's it's hard to do these fight scenes especially when and like I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be ageist but Ian McDermott was is not as young as he used to be and probably not as athletic mm-hmm. as he used to be yeah the same thing happened mm-hmm. with the uh, you know Christopher Lee during most of his fight scenes they actually basically deep faked his face on a stunt guy swordsman uh, mm-hmm. for most for most of his fight scenes actually. So they had to kind of do a similar thing with that. But anyway, and, and that's, that's kind of a, a, another, you know, thing. But just the whole thing, like, once Anakin comes into it, like, I'm always yelling at Mace Windu during the scene where he has, like, his lightsaber is, like, inches away from Palpatine's face. Just, like, lean forward a couple inches. Instead, he decides to, like, pull his lightsaber over his head in this overly dramatic fashion and give Anakin plenty of time to chop the arm off. It's like, Larry, just lean forward no. a little bit and you can stab <laughs> him in the face. That's all. I mean, that's all you got to do. Like, and to be honest, I was never a huge fan of the fact that as Palpatine is electrocuting Mason Windu at the end, that he's yelling out, power, unlimited power. What does that have to do with what's going on in the scene? Like, what? But anyway... I, That's I my know, favorite I part. It's
0: that everyone else is limited. <laughs> 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 he got He is trying to prove to Anakin that the dark side is stronger than the light side at that point.
1: I could... I, you know, I somewhat buy that as an explanation. It's, it's very over the top, but I also understand that Palpatine is a very over the top character. Yeah. I do not like the fact that Padme apparently dies of a broken heart.
0: She like, doesn't. The medical
1: droid at the end of the movie is like, oh, medically, there's nothing wrong with her. She's lost the will to
0: live. She what? doesn't. Palpatine kills her. Lucas has said that. But,
1: okay, but if that's the case, that should have been in the movie. Like, I shouldn't have to, like, find out that from an interview.
0: It's like, like, <laughs> it's like the opera scene. You have to infer that he wanted to reveal that, that Palpatine was the reason why Anakin was living. He didn't want to recreate the scene, Anakin, I am your father. So you. Palpatine doesn't speak directly. So he had to do it indirectly. And Palpatine needed to get Padme out of the way. So there was no real reason why she died, except for that she was murdered.
1: Like, okay, I I could accept that as an explanation. I still think that that, like, the way it's presented in the movie it comes across as she died of a broken heart mm-hmm. like if I just take the movie on its own merits that's the way it comes across yeah. and I've never been a fan of that Yeah, I don't hate the idea that Palpatine killed her I just think that there could have been something more that they could have done to suggest mm-hmm. that more overtly in my opinion but I also like, I, but I, I, under, I understand what you're saying
0: my opinion uh, is that the Jedi should have been able to I think the Jedi should have been able to sense that dark energy seeping at her mm-hmm. at her life
1: yeah i think obi-wan and yoda maybe could have like sensed her and said there's something wrong there's there, there's some yes. kind of dark side energy in her that i think that would have been yeah even just saying that would have been an interesting mm-hmm. way to kind of address mm-hmm. that um again yeah,
2: just just like a short shot of like palpatine meditating you know them yes. commenting on dark side energy absolutely that would have would have sold it but I, I agree
1: with all of that to be honest, that pretty much sums up my issues with the movie. Other than that, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good movie. I think mm-hmm. uh, I love again the John Williams score. I love the fight between Anakin and Obi Wan mm-hmm. on Mus- Mustafar, the lava planet. Mm-hmm. So good. So one, honestly, one mm-hmm. of my favorite lightsaber fights in Star Wars. Yes. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's it's because it's not only like visually incredible and has great choreography, but it has such emotional stakes behind it. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that *Revenge of the Sith* has a sense of emotional stakes that the other two prequels are missing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yep. so, there's so much, there's so many scenes that the Order sixty six sequence of seeing all the Jedi killed by the by their own clones, like it's it's heartbreaking every time. Like, like it America. really is, and just mm-hmm. the music behind it. And it's even more so when you've watched Clone Wars, too, and you get to know those characters. And you understand the fact that the clones are actually individuals and that they don't have a choice when Order 66 is activated. They're not just Mm -hmm. blindly following orders. They have a control chip in their head, which was also so necessary for them to do. Because, like, otherwise, like, I could never really justify the humanization of the clones on Clone Wars with the fact that they kill all the Jedi. But then once they, they did that story arc, it just made, made that whole thing work so mm-hmm. well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a really... It's a fun movie. It's a dramatic movie. It's a very dark movie. It's probably the darkest of, of the Star Wars movies. But it mm-hmm. ties back beautifully with the original trilogy again of, you know, seeing the infant Leia and Luke get... Um, given to their their respective uh, foster parents and you know and ending on that shot of Owen and Baru with the, the infant Luke, you know, looking into that same sunset that one day Luke's gonna look into. It's 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 a great it really is a great movie. I, I really love the movie.
2: Yeah, Revenge of the Sith is is definitely my favorite of the prequels and it is just one hell of a fun movie. From the very start, um, from the very first sequence Like, despite the darkness of it, this is one hell of a ride of a movie. Like, that opening shot, you know, you have this sort of traditional shot of Star Wars. We have a single ship floating in space majestically. And then you dive down into this utter chaos of a battle scene um, right from the beginning. Um, You establish very quickly that Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship has changed. That they have become more peers, more equals. That you know, Obi Wan's gotten stronger. Anakin has gotten wiser. Right on. That these are you know slightly different characters from where we saw them. You see that in seconds. Um, that first fight, um, the first lightsaber fight, is just a ton of fun. Um, really good callback to Return of the Jedi there, especially you know with the uh, one of the most memeable lines in history, uh, on Ponduco's defeat. Do it, yes. <laughs>
1: There are so many great quotes in this movie. It's like uh, Ed was still flying half a ship. <laughs> There's so many great lines. There's so many great lines in this movie.
2: Another happy. This landing.
1: is definitely the movie. This is definitely the movie of the prequels where the humor actually works the most. Yes, because like I think a lot of the humor in the first. Suit, the humor in the first two movies often fell flat for me. I never found Jar Jar that funny. I never found, like, C- C-3PO's usually funny in the other movies, but his antics in Attack of the Clones are just like, eh. This movie's actually funny. Like, there's some great Obi-Wan lines. There, there's some there's just great banter between all the characters. Oh,
2: yeah, Ab- absolutely. So, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of really fun scenes, and they, they do really go all out in terms of Saying, hang on, this is not this is a space war, so we're gonna have these fight scenes on a ship that's going down. We have Obi Wan fighting a four armed cyborg riding a clawed unicycle while riding of a, a uh, <laughs> riding a gecko through the streets of this sinkhole city. It's like, yeah, we're we're just gonna go some crazy with ideas. Good lord, it was really fun and worked out while also having the greatest emotional stakes of the prequel trilogy and having some of the most tragic scenes in this. Um, I really liked the growth of Bail Organa introduced in Attack of the Clones. I'm not sure if he appeared in Phantom Menace, but yeah, he had a small small role in Attack of the Clones. Um, obviously played a much larger role in this movie. I absolutely love his character, love his inclusion. The march on the Jedi Temple was chilling and uh, just the entire Order 66 sequence. You know, as mentioned, was fantastic. As much as you know, raised the question of it's like, wait, how old is Chewbacca? I loved you know seeing um, Chewbacca and Kashyyyk um, on the Wookiee planet. You know that really, you know, storming the beaches uh, scene of the Wookiees versus the Separatist droids. There, you know, they they really went out with the scale of this war. Um, really gave you a feel of the sheer scale of this conflict, the sheer level of death. And even like in moments where you have uh, in, like Obi Wan interacting with Cody. You also get a better sense of the clones having, you know, come very close to the Jedi in this way. Which, there's a shot that I love during Order 66, where the very tall-headed Jedi Ki-Adi-Mundi is running across the planet, just running across the bridge on this ice planet, leading a charge. And it's very clear that for, he was thinking just a moment ago that he was leading... A heroic assault that he was achieving some sort of beautiful victory with his troops and then he just turns and stares because they're not following him anymore and just that brief moment when he turns and looks at his troops and as a Jedi can probably sense and see what they're about to do but still can't believe it. Yeah, you um, s- you saw that in his face, in his eyes. Yeah, you 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 see that he can't quite believe what's about to happen. Yeah, even though like he knows what is going to happen, he still can't believe it. And um, you can actually see that in his reaction. It's like he could have probably deflected the shots. He might have been able to defeat them if he wasn't just so broken in that moment by you know losing his troops, you know, and um, so that that's. Yeah, that's one of the parts that made the Order 66 sequence. Like, uh, the whole sequence is good. That really helped sell the sequence. Yeah. It was just that moment. That was was beautifully done. Yeah, there's a a lot of good moments there. The fight scene on uh, Mustafar is both great in terms of just being one hell of an action sequence. Also having a lot of emotional weight. And also very much saying who these characters are in that moment. As Obi-Wan is... Like, you still see snippets of himself where he's... Like, there's a moment when uh, the lava is about to... Um, when he realizes the shields aren't protecting the station anymore and the lava is about to bring a platform down. Where he kind of has that cocky, like, half-smile and then kind of an oh-shit moment, which Anakin doesn't have because Anakin is completely consumed. Like, Anakin is not really thinking in this fight scene very much at all. No. Like, he is entirely consumed entirely driven with anger because in his eyes and this is something that has actually been like rewatching the trilogy i see that this has been like fomenting in him for a while and has been especially brought on by Sheev. in his eyes obi-wan is the symbol of what has caused him to lose everything mm-hmm. he lost he lost this you know brother he lost the jedi um, which was, for a long time, the only family he had. He realizes in the moment that he just lost his wife, whether or not she's dead or whether or not she just doesn't want to be with him anymore, he's lost her too. And he sees in Obi-Wan everything about that, so even as Obi-Wan is still having these kind of, oh shit moments, is, and even though Obi-Wan's still trying clearly to see if there's anything left of Anakin in there, Anakin is just completely subsumed in this rage. Yeah. Is just constantly pressing onward, completely heedless of his own safety during this fight scene as the world is crashing around him. Which is ultimately what leads to him being defeated. Is that not that Obi Wan is more powerful, not that uh, Obi Wan was even that much of a better fighter. It is ultimately the fact that Anakin was relying on his own power and was so. Completely blinded by his rage, that he didn't even see the trap coming um, in that final moment. Um, even with Obi Wan telling him that it is a trap, that you know not to do it, which is also again Obi Wan's last moment of: as I'm fighting you, I'm also trying to save you. Do not make me spring this. Um, I'm giving you one more
1: chance. Is is what he was saying in that moment. You exactly. get one more chance. This is
2: this is your last chance. Don't waste it and. Anakin, Anakin goes for it, and that sequence—that's—I always really liked that um, ending, that ending of the fight. Like, there's a lot of you know people jokingly say, "Oh, Anakin, Obi-Wan, why didn't you stab him?" And um, I, I didn't get to see all of it because I was at work, but you know, on the most recent rewatch, I really did you know know why he didn't stab him, which is that Obi-Wan told Yoda straight up and really did mean it that he. Cannot destroy Anakin. He cannot bring himself to kill Anakin. This is his brother. This is the closest thing he has to a son. In many ways, Obi Wan, like all other Jedi, has been taught to repress his emotions his whole life. But he has not his feelings to. of attachment. But he did get attached to Anakin. He does love Anakin um, as his brother, as his friend, as his son, and so even as anakin is burning even if maybe it would have been better for anakin and the galaxy overall he cannot bring himself to watch him die or to actually kill him um which is why he turns away and just walks away with his lightsaber just he, he cannot bring himself to do that and i think that was really well executed as that also explains why he keeps insisting that you know, Vader destroyed Anakin. Things like, you know, in that moment, this Vader, this monster, you know, just completely subsumed Anakin, and you know, that's that's kind of his way of, you know, avoiding the fact that he had to confront him, that that he was involved, that he could find it easier to tell himself that he was fighting Vader to avenge Anakin than to actually fight Anakin. But during the, fight, him, during the fight itself, he couldn't make that distinction. Anakin was all he saw, um, even to the very end. So I thought that whole sequence, that was all beautiful. Um, I do agree with some of the issues. You know, some of the fight scenes were goofy between... Yeah, that, that whole fight between uh, Mace and uh, Sheev was a little goofy. I know you're going to go into Sheev too, but I also just want to say that I really love... Both Ian McDiarmid's delivery and uh, the evolution of Sheev in this film, because in the past two films he's been like very carefully laying these, laying this groundwork, pulling these pieces. And from the get-go, from the beginning, um, when he lets himself get captured um, and taking that freighter, you can see that Sheev Palpatine is kind of at his, he's letting himself become his most vulnerable. But he's also, like, the most excited and into it. The most alive he's felt in a long time. Because even though he's letting himself be more vulnerable, even though he's putting himself in the open, letting himself get captured, revealing slowly to Anakin that he is a Sith Lord, even though Anakin's still supposedly a Jedi, knowingly letting the fight scene between himself and Mace go on long enough for Anakin to arrive. Because you get the impression quite a few times that he probably had a few more tricks yes yeah. obviously mace was a very powerful fighter and he did have to work at it but you also get the impression that he had a few more tricks to try as well during that fight scene and he is holding back a little um because he does want anakin to see it does do he wants anakin to be there for the decision he wants anakin to see it so he's putting himself at his most vulnerable so that he can Finish tightening the web and achieve his lifelong dream of ruling everything. (laughs) Which, you know, and it's really fun because he gets to like, you know, it's very clear that this is the most alive he's been in a while. um, That he's really able to, you know, put himself into this, and just the sheer energy that um, he has throughout this entire film, both the actor and the character are just delightful. God, I I love Ian McDiarmid in this scene.
1: So we're saying at the beginning, when he lets himself get captured, you're saying that he likes to be tied up. <laughs> right?
2: He likes to be captured. <laughs> the dark side can lead to many abilities that some feel be quite pleasurable. <laughs> oh,
1: you know, you know, Palpatine and Juku You know, Palpatine and Joku have kind of a uh, sub-dom thing going on with oh, each other. You know for sure, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um so yeah.
0: yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna put a I'm glad that you brought up how I was gonna talk about that at the very end of mine. I was gonna wait to talk about Palpatine because he is my favorite part of the whole Goddamn franchise! He
2: doesn't stop
0: talking about it. <laughs> He is—he is so
2: great when
1: you have a character who has a goal and has your realistic. St- he's really as racial character because he has realistic small st- yeah. steps. Yes. That he achieves in order to get mm-hmm. the, the this goal, it's like it, I really think he should be a motivational speaker. Right? What I'm saying.
0: Right? <laughs> Set a goal, no matter how. <laughs> give in to the dark side. Strike me down, and then you shall fulfill your destiny of being a human resource director. <laughs> 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 but yes, um, with you talking about that, have you ever read the book Lords of the Sith?
2: I have not.
1: That that one is on my that one is on my list. That's yeah, my I'm list. I'm planning on catching up on that.
0: That is one of the best books to read if you want to see Vader's and Palpatine's relationship in a nutshell because they're stranded on a planet and they have to survive and it talks about how the emperor gets to use his his dark side abilities in this he pulls out his lightsabers he gets to fight a whole colony of aliens and he basically wipes them the fuck out in this in this book by himself vader helps a little bit but it it directly directly links to um uh darth plagueis the book darth plagueis don't get confused darth plagueis is more about palpatine than it is about darth plagueis the first part of the book is about Darth Plagueis, and then it transitions to a young Palpatine, and you fi- and you get to read about how he came up, how he loved to race just like Anakin did, and how he loved to use his, his dark side abilities that he started developing at a very young age. And when you talk about that, watching him, and even when you look at him in the background, he... Everybody else is doing their thing and hustling like when they're running up the up the side of the spaceship and he's having and Anakin is having to carry Obi-Wan and he's just and Palpatine is just striding right along with him like Hey, this is awesome. <laughs> and this is the best jam on his- <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He is like a kid in a candy shop. He is loving it. And and you see that in in the Lords of the Sith or the Sith Lords, I can't remember the exact name of it, um, but it is a beautiful book, and you see that side of Palpatine, and it makes you think directly of Revenge of the Sith.
2: I, I do want to interject one very quick moment that I just remembered from very early on in the movie. That um, I I always love these moments in fiction where the ship is about to crash and Anakin, Obi-Wan, Palpatine, and R2 all strap in in the cockpit. And for one second, as Palpatine looks at R2, you get the sensation, it's like, all right, the ship tearing itself in half and us crashing onto the planet, that's like the one thing I did not plan on? Yes! And I honestly, I honestly <laughs> legit think we might all fucking die here. <laughs> like, this, this expression on his face like, I am going to die, and these two idiots, I don't... What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's like decades, decades of planning and playing the long con down the toilet because (laughs) of these two (laughs) fuck-ups. These
0: two (laughs) fuck-ups. I honestly think he was ready to use his his Hmm. energy, even if he may have already been using it. Like, a little bit of force lift, a little bit of... Yeah, I, I often wonder that watching it, but that look that he gives R2, that look he gives R2, and he just looks around like, oh boy, this is how I die. You're absolutely right. It, it reminds me of that old commercial where the guy's on the riding mower and he's like, I'm in debt to my eyeballs. Someone please help me. And he's smiling the whole time. <laughs>
2: But yeah I just, it I makes just you love think of, of that Ralph Wiggum
0: story. from
1: the Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> no Ralph from the Simpsons like I'm in danger <laughs> oh my God I think
0: <laughs> oh my God, oh perfection
2: uh, but yeah, I, I just love that moment in fiction whenever you have like these. You know, decades-long master planners who have been slowly building out everything, looking at every contingency, um, who have been a step ahead of everyone the whole time. I love moments where, even if it doesn't like factor into the end game, like even if it's just like a one-off moment where they just confronted with something like, "I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I didn't plan for that. What the fuck <laughs> is that? What the fuck is going on here?" He That's looks- not part of any of my plans.
0: He looks at R two D two. R2-D2 yeah. goes, beep, beep, beep. And he goes, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yes, but the this is my favorite movie of the whole franchise. I love it more than any other movie in the franchise because it is that culmination. It is full circle. And... Mm-hmm. Anything with Palpatine in it makes me happy. Anakin, Anakin's arc in this, and we actually see the death of Anakin. From here on out, Mm -hmm. Vader refers to Anakin in third person. Even though he fights himself, and there are many comic books, there are many books where he is, Mm -hmm. when they do it from his point of view, where he is arguing with himself. Even uh, Lords of the Sith, or Sith Lords, I gotta look it up and see which one it is.
1: i'm pretty sure it is lords of the sith yeah
0: lords of the sith okay um he argues with himself and he goes no no that is anakin i am not anakin i am vader and he didn't like anyone who knew that he was vader which is a very short list palpatine tarkin and maybe uh One of his uh, cloned troopers that was always with him. But other than that, no one knew that he was really Anakin until they actually felt him like Ahsoka did. But we see that death and we see why he dies. Because he loses everything. When he wakes up Mm -hmm. from that coma, he doesn't wake up. And it's not really a coma because they kept him alive so that he would feel all of the pain. That was Palpatine's punishment to him for failing him. not killing obi-wan the first thing he says is where is padme how is she and when he tells him that he killed him that's that's something that he can never process until he later finds out that he didn't kill him which he force chokes palpatine in the moment that he realizes he did he didn't kill palpit he didn't kill uh panda bear um
2: (laughs) <laughs>
0: but how genius and, and I have to take my hat off to this, how genius was it to create Darth Vader using the metaphorical planet that's made of lava. Hmm. That that's
1: chaos.
0: Is yes, it's it's this lava creates land and it creates this hmm. hard shell. That we can walk on. And that's exactly what Vader becomes. When he's burnt by the lava. Anakin is burnt by the lava. And Vader is left. Until his son. And the hope of being with his son. The hope of seeing his son. Is what brings him back. That's The story of Vader is the saddest story ever told. Because he didn't get a choice in his life. He was created by Palpatine and Plagueis. To serve them. And whenever he wanted to do something right, he wasn't able to because Palpatine was there to manipulate him the best way he could. And and I'm not saying he didn't have free will, but I am saying he didn't have free will because he honestly didn't. I I would have loved... There was a point where where Padme was talking to him and right before Obi-Wan showed up, she almost had him talked into going away. And then he saw... He was calming down. And then he saw Obi-Wan and his instant thought was she brought him here to kill me. And he lost everything in that moment. I'm not excusing him for lashing out and and force choking her. That was a bad move. It was horrible. But it's kind of like he blacked out. But that goes back to the where's Padme? How is she? Um... He says, No, it can't be. I felt her. Which means that he didn't completely black out whenever he choked her. It was more or less him saying, I just choked her a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know? It was for her own good. Yeah, so at that point, uh huh. (laughs) At that point, we realized that Vader had taken hold, the dark side had taken hold a lot. And it wasn't just about saving Padme. That he really did want to do away with war. Because war is all he had ever known since he was a kid. So he looked at it as a way of, of getting rid of this war. We would, never, we would never have to deal with this again. And, and he truly believed, because of Palpatine, because of his talks with Palpatine, that if there was a dictatorship, that they could squash anything that was bad for their empire and in that instant he also talked about killing palpatine and ruling the empire in their image so the the roots of the sith had already taken hold by the time they had that fight it's an emotional part it's just as emotional for me to watch that scene as it was to watch his mother die in episode 2 episode 3 is just it's a culmination you get to see all of the goods all of the all of the goods um and it's dished out in one movie Uh, You see Palpatine Really flourish And you see his psychopathic ways Really come out Um, You don't see that except for in Darth Plagueis Because he has to be This charming, smarmy Little, hey, come hug me I'm not really a lovable person But love me And I know a few people like that and, And they are horrible Because once you get into uh, private place that horribleness just flows out it's like when ursula changed from the woman back into ursula she just plopped out of that body uh, mm-hmm. you see that with palpatine you see that he has the green light and he's he believes that he is one and they have to strike down the jedi right now boom you see that dark side pop out it's it's they had to do it with the makeup you know that's the moment where he gets to show his true face It was so well done and all of the metaphors come together and they show the metaphors in this movie, you know, uh, from the surrounding to the inside of the hero or the anti-hero or the villain, they go to that Gothic imagination and they go step by step and show it, show it to you unveiling. Um, So episode three, is my favorite movie of the franchise. It makes me happy. It gives me little gigglies in my belly. And I also love that... And for me, I think George Lucas used uh, Jar Jar Binks as one last fuck you to the fans when he was the one that handed over everything, when he was the one that really helped Mm -hmm. uh, the Empire take over. Uh, now, later in the book, uh, the third of the Aftermath trilogy, you find out that Jar Jar Binks uh, had suffered living in depression for the rest of his life. And that he went mm-hmm. and uh, he supported with all of his, because he still had that senatorial money and everything else, those credits. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't a poor Gungan. But he went back to, N- to Naboo and he ran a, uh, an orphanage. And his orphanage basically took over uh, all of the orphans that were created while the Empire was going. And he kind of lived there as a clown. He would, do, he would do shows at certain times of the day. And that's the only time that he was happy. The rest of the time he was just sad and he would just stare out. And it was, it was a beautiful conclusion. Uh, it was written by Chuck Windig. <laughs> Something like that But it was so well done And they have these bits and pieces Throughout the Aftermath trilogy That is just gorgeous um, They go off and they write little tidbits And you, you see PTSD People having PTSD As they were flying out of the second Death Star it, It's so well done But all of that is created Just from episode 3 Because we see all of these subplots that need to be tied up. But they're left open on purpose because uh, he wanted to create more. Lucas wanted there to be more. There to be roots for everything Mm -hmm. else. And thank the gods for Dave Filoni. I don't know if I say that enough. (laughs) (laughs) Give that man a trilogy. Yeah, it can
2: always be said again.
0: Yes. But yes, so let's let's take a moment and let's go one by one uh do you want to finish on episode three
2: as far as where we're at with the three that we've spoken about pod racing has got to be my top mm-hmm. and then just straight
0: up battle I like all the battle uh, from there on it's just battle Yeah, and i'm all for it i do need to re-watch them though to to refresh i'm i'm older now so maybe now i can more appreciate it'll the, hit the writing it'll hit a little differently mm-hmm. I will
1: say that the, the spectacle, the spectacle of the prequel trilogy are, are some of the best parts of it. Like like the spectacle is pre- pretty amazing in in those. Zones. Absolutely, so like, I, I definitely I see why the pod racing and the battle scenes are kind of what stick, stick with you oh, for sure. sure. Like
2: the the scale mm-hmm. of this galaxy, like the the original trilogy did like a, a decent job of saying it's like, yeah, there's you know a fair few things when you go to a random bar, you're going to meet a lot of aliens from all over, but. The prequel trilogy really hammered home that it's like, no, this is a huge universe and there are so many strange, wonderful things in it. This this is an immense galaxy. There's going to be unbelievable worlds and all sorts of people from these worlds. There's an immense, unbelievable, gorgeous variety of worlds and yet this war is across all of it. You know, it's it's all being drawn in by this single insidious plan. Episode three, I'm giving it a ten out of ten.
0: There are negative things said about episode three, but I don't need that negativity in my life. It's a ten out of ten.
1: <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. I really like the movie. I still think it's flawed. It's not my personal favorite Star Wars movie. I'm sure in future episodes we'll probably go into the rest of them, and I'll, I'll kind of, mm-hmm. I'll save which one is actually my favorite out of all of them, but. I still think it's a really fun movie. Revenge of the Sith, for me, gets a 7 out of 10, is is what I'll give it.
2: Revenge of the Sith, I am going to put as a solid 8 out of 10. It does have its flaws, but it is really a good movie that does tie together and really show kind of the messages, the themes, um, everything that the prequel trilogy was trying to say. Episode 3 shouts and does it well. Episode 3, probably a 5.
0: Because I remember less and less and less as we go. So, kind of biased, but a whale. Uh, so, let's
1: sign off. Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Nerd Shit Podcast. That is at The Nerd Shit Podcast, both Facebook and Instagram and we are going to post all of the new episodes of all of our shows that that come out as as they come out uh you can subscribe to us as of this recording on spotify and apple podcasts and we're working on getting on other platforms as well
0: you can find me on all socials under troy hensley uh me tommy scoggins you can follow me on instagram at stone underscore drifter stone drifter you'll see me at hogwarts
1: Follow me on Instagram at scwilson__actor. It stands for Samuel Connor Wilson__actor. So scwilson__actor is my Instagram. And my name is Sam Wilson. I'm Zachariah Schneider
2: again. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Zachariah Schneider. I'm on Twitter under the handle Zachariah Schne uh, 4 Zachariah S-C-H-N-E-4 uh, on Twitter as well. I technically have an Instagram, but I do not remember my handle for that, so you can ignore that part. (laughs) Yeah. And we are
0: all wonderful actors and comedians. Uh, Thank y'all so much. Uh, Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for Nerd Shit! Nerd Shit!
2: Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit! Nerd Shit! Nerd Shit!